Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And joining us today, we have a special guest, Brian German, Sean's brother. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. Nice Thanks to for... be here. Oh, well, of course it is. Nice to have you on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's great. great to have you. Our first returning guest. That's right. Glad to have you back. Glad you could make it. I'll need a jacket. <laughs> isn't that like the the seven seven timers oh is it from, okay from, yeah all right from Saturday Night Live. i think it was the seven timers club that you get the jacket <laughs> all right all right but all right. well you know what we'll take some measurements we'll send it out to the tailor <laughs> exactly we'll see if you're still here when it gets back <laughs> we're just gonna do ponchos i think just keep it real cheap there you go here's <laughs> <laughs> your members poncho yeah <laughs> cuts down on the tailoring cost yeah i like that i like that yeah Groundhog Day ponchos. There you go. Patent pending. All right. So we're, we're, we're not here to talk about the, the latest in fashion. Um, surprise. We're actually here to talk about Minute 56 of the movie Groundhog Day. So, Dave, what's going on? So at Minute 56, Phil is maniacally running through this script with the kids. Uh, and he's really trying to, like, slide up on Rita in the snow. And then we have a cathartic... Uh, montage of just Rita slapping Phil outside in the snow, outside his room, outside the hotel. And Phil does the one gentlemanly thing and actually opens the door for her. And Phil walks home looking at picture at, at, uh, at ice carvings on the street. Yeah, always, always the gentleman, Phil Connor. So this is, uh, yeah, this is quite a minute. And I think what we're seeing here is, well, in addition to, to Phil's just losing it, is... Like, I think there's such a thing as being too well rehearsed. Of course. But I... Th- yeah, I mean, because... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I think his his performance here is great. I mean, you could tell he is just starting to lose it in when he when he's down, when he's trying to creep on Rita. I mean, it's it's just great. I don't think he has a base of what how humans work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of... I, I was trying to think of... of an analogy or, or an everyday experience that I can compare it to. And the only thing I can really think of is sometimes if you say a word over and over again, it just, it starts to look weird or it sounds weird. Or if yeah. you like type the same word, like yes. label, like if I just say label, it's like, Oh, label L A B E L. Like that's normal. But if I just, if I would say label like a hundred times in a row, it would start sounding like gibberish. Like it would, it would cease to have meaning. Yeah, I think he's that's like it. you just, yeah, you just overdo something, and yeah, and, and talking about him losing it because we've we've talked a lot about him going through these loops and, and practicing all these days, and we you know we saw him, um, you know we saw him with the armed robbery or the not armed robbery, but but the uh, the robbery of the armed truck and things like that that obviously required a lot of practice and a lot of repetition, and he was able to pull those things off. And now we were seeing that he's just, yeah, he's like broken through a barrier and he can't get it back. He's got the yips that the repetition isn't helping anymore. But that does go back to what you've always said with, with the movie. When you do the same thing, you're going to get the same results. And I mean, here he's literally getting the same results slapped over and over again. Yeah. 
I, and also it drives him insane because like he has he can't speed up the day. He is still stuck in the same timeline. So if he's like excited for his date, he has to do all this setup because we talked about having flowers and having ice cream and having poetry. Mm-hmm. He has to have all he has to reset the room every day with the things that he's like, well, hopefully you know, I'll get I'll get Rita here. And so it's like when he finally gets to the moment where he's like dating Rita, yeah, it's like he's like almost fast forwarding through the movie, like trying to see if he can play it at like one times three speed or something. Right, yeah, because we've wondered a lot of times we see him go up through the mistake. You know, he's having dinner with Rita and then he laughs at her and then she shuts down and then instantly the scene flips to the next day at dinner where instead of laughing, he's reciting French poetry. And we've kind of wondered, like, what happens to the rest of the date once it starts to go wrong? You know, he's still got to relive. He's still yeah. got to go through the rest of that day before everything resets. And, yeah, I think we're, we're finally getting to see that. This is what happens to all those days, all those dates when when it goes wrong and it's just, yeah, it's just off the rails. Nothing can save it. And then he's just got to past time somehow um and and apparently a lot of that time is spent getting slaps i mean and after he's slapped where, where do you he walks back to his hotel where's he going what happens after this i would assume yeah. he either depending what's closer he probably either goes to like the bowling alley or or yeah or his <laughs> uh or yeah or his bed and breakfast uh and just goes right and just you know waste the day either yeah tries to drink himself until he passes out so he can just do the day over again. that's what i'm thinking too i'm thinking he's drinking drinking yeah i guess yes unfortunately the bar that we've seen is in the hotel is in rita's hotel so he can't go to the bar so and it doesn't look we we haven't seen any other uh you know taverns or pubs or other establishments of that sort it's yeah it's either it's either the bowling alley with Ralph and Gus or, you know, maybe a bottle of Jim Beam back at the B&B, you know, just, um, you know, Phil and Jim in bed. Um, yeah. You know, his buddy, his buddy Jim and Jack and, and all those guys. Yeah. I, and I, although I kind of, uh, I just wonder what one alternate is that maybe he, at this point, is he just passed it? Like, does he even bother drinking? I kind of wonder, is he just, it's like straight to bed, lay down, even if it's too early. Like, even if he's not tired yet and not going to sleep, just getting under the covers and laying down. Well, I mean, I think it is just running when you have to run through all these things in your head. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about like when you, you're, you're reminding yourself like, oh, I got to do that at work tomorrow or something. Or I got to, I got to make sure I get that grocery list done. Like you go to bed and it's like still running in your head. And it's hard to get to sleep. Yeah, yeah. So think about that. Trying to play in the whole day. I feel like you would have to drink yourself because you need to just get yourself unconscious fast. Whether it be like, t- you know, popping a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, take a bunch of like Advil PM. Or I would say drinking because I think drinking <laughs> is the easiest way because there's going to be no repercussions. He drinks himself, blacks mm-hmm. out, wakes up in bed 6 a.m. sunny and share. Right. He won't have he won't have yeah. hangover. He his his he won't be sick. He'll just be like, all right, that's it. You know, it's kind of like if for if anything, that's the only way of time travel for him. It's just I just drink this entire bottle of Jack Daniels, and then I'm gonna wander around. Doesn't matter what happens to me. I'll, you know, even if I pass out on a park bench, I'm gonna just wake up. I'm just gonna wake up in bed. That's true. 
Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, that's a good point. And in terms, like, in terms of like just being able to turn off the brain, and it's kind of like when people have a ringing in their ear, they have the tinnitus, mm-hmm. and then then like they they have they'll have music on all the time, or they'll sleep with headphones just to have something so that they don't hear the ringing. Yeah. And you know, Phil's gonna want something to drown out the thoughts in his head. And at this point, even if he's still tweaking what he's doing at the end of the day, like the last thing to get one step further towards Rita liking him, he's not he's not redoing the whole day. So he's got uh, you know a dozen or twenty or how many different steps to his perfect day that he's got mapped out that he knows. And yeah. he doesn't have to rehearse that. And maybe if he's making a tweak, you know, at the at the end of the day, okay, white chocolate and no fudge or no ice cream or something. So he he's just got to remember the one new thing. So there's no there's no need for him to rehearse it in his head over and over again. He's done it so many times he's got it down that it makes sense. He would just want to turn the brain off. And yeah, I mean, we've seen the doctors in this town, so. If it's anything, if he's like thinking, well, maybe I can get Xanax or Ambien or something like, no, these, the doctor, the, the medical community of Punxsutawney, at least as far as we've seen, <laughs> is not going to help Phil. So yeah. he's going to go, yeah, he'll hit the, I, he'll the alley. I tell you, I, I still think about, you know, how does Phil, I mean, we see him, he, we see him go insane. It's not like we don't see it, but just like. The fact that you have thousands of days worth of memories mm-hmm. that you have to, like, essentially put certain things aside. Like, maybe you need to know somebody's secret to get something done or to, to advance something. But it's like, you know, a thousand million conversations you had, but you, like, you're like, all right, no, no, no that didn't have, that, that already did that. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's hard because we never seen that happen where you, like, you know, have a thousand memories of the same day. That's never going to happen yeah. for us. We'll never experience that feeling. Mm-hmm. But the only thing I can think of is, yeah, I think I might have mentioned already, it was like, was, was the movie Frequency. They, like, dealt with him. Jim Caviezel was using the uh, the ham radio. The ra- to, yeah, the, the radio. To talk, to talk to his father, Dennis Quaid, in the past to change certain things. And every time you do it, Jim Caviezel had the timeline added on. It what It didn't how their their version of the movie went was that like for him for some reason for, just for him i guess it uh it, he was getting the punishment of like having multiple timelines in his head and it was kind of messing with him at times so for phil that's like you know you know multiplying that even by a thousand so yeah it's like you just it's really, and it's one of those things i'm glad the movie never showed us but it's like some days you could feel like what if phil just just knocked out rita just punched her and just walked away <laughs> like she you know, she slaps him and he just Dexter and goes, I'll see you tomorrow, and then just leaves. Because you could do it. It would be like if you show the audience that we would all lose like interest in Phil. Because like, all right, he's just punching people. I mean, like punching Ned Ryerson's one thing because like you can't have an honest conversation with Ned. It feels like because he just tries to sell you insurance. So <laughs> like it feels good to punch Ned, <laughs> but it, like it's it's definitely like you can't do it. You can't just punch a woman because like she she shot down your. Your cheesy sexual, you know, uh, assaults on her. <laughs> but I'm saying it's just like it's like he could have all these millions of memories and just have to go to bed and just and then to wake up and, and for him to play the perfect day, he's got to be really nice again. He's got to do the perfect 
weather report. He's got to make sure the flowers and this gets done. He got to make sure that you know we kind of like, he he conks the van so mm-hmm. they yeah. don't try to leave town. It's just like he's got yeah to hold all these things in and remember what to change and not. And who knows? Maybe maybe there's after each slap. Maybe he goes a week in his time without going back to Rita. Who knows? You know, he takes he takes the time off and he says, "Okay, let me do something else tonight." Doesn't see Rita. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe he's got to have yeah, he's got to have a cool-down period right. of All right, let me go back to Nancy for a day. Or uh, you hey, know, babe. let me yeah. let me just I'm just going to go see Heidi yeah, a couple it, times. He hangs and, with and, the boys for a few nights and then he goes back gets goes to Rita gets slapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cuz like there's he's not completely gone. You know, he's certainly going. I would think at this point, like he wouldn't, there'd be, he wouldn't want to hit Rita, but he may be getting frustrated. He may want to hit her, but he's like, Mm -hmm. no, that's, that's too much. Even though she, you know, even though she's not going to remember it, I'm going to remember it. I can't do that. So we need a timeout. So I'm just, yeah, I'll hang out with the boys at the bowling alley. I'll go see Heidi. And then when I'm, when I'm cooled down a bit, then I'll go back and I'll, I'll try the perfect day with Rita again. But at the end of this minute, when he when he's looking at the ice sculptures and obviously getting an idea of, of yeah. something to try to impress her, he it's amazing. He's still even though nothing is working, he's still trying to figure out. Okay, well, how can I get Rita? Yeah, yeah. He's you know he's just he keeps trying to just selfishly do what he wants, which of course is repeating the day and and whatnot. All right, so that's that's a good question. You you brought up the I was trying to figure because I don't know if we're at the part now where he's thinking about doing ice sculptures, but I think they do mean something. It's like they represent something perfect that somebody put a lot of love into. Mm-hmm. And so like, there it is. Like there is the example of like a per- per- perfection. It's like this perfect ice sculpture. Um, so yeah, maybe he sees like that. Cause I'm trying to figure out like what it means when we combine it with like Ray Charles music. Cause it doesn't feel like the Ray Charles music's earned because sure. He has feelings for Rita, but it's like, you're doing it in the cheapest way. Like you're not, you're being disingenuous. Right. See, that, and right. that's what yeah. I – when he walks past the ice sculptures, to me, it's just another, well, maybe this will get her type of a, of a feeling. And yeah. then, But you, you could be right. Maybe there is something more to it. I, honestly, what if he's just never noticed these sculptures before? It's like it's always been his peripheral and he's kind of like walking past, like really like noticing them, you know? You know? Like, yeah, taking his mind off of Rita and just kind of going, oh, wow, these are – yeah, these are really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did have we seen these before? I'm trying to thinking mm-hmm. back to when he was walking Andy or Rita. I don't think back. I don't the think room. they're in. No, I think this is the first introduction of them. Yeah, okay. I think it's the first one. Yeah, just flip back there where they're the after the first snowball fight, and they're kind of walking down the lane past. There's like a white picket fence. Yeah, yeah. I don't see the uh, only honestly. The only yeah. thing we could think of is that like. Maybe they, him and her, have conversations about the sculptures as they walk. Yeah. You know, so he's upset because he he's having the memory of like them noticing them on their way back to his bed and breakfast. You know, we don't see it, but it, it that might be something he's thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's uh there's actually there's a couple deleted scenes. We haven't we haven't done too much deleted scene talk, but there's there's two deleted scenes that I think are we can bring up for this minute uh, and right. these are from from the blu-ray one is like really quick that uh it's and I, I guess it would probably fit in about 40 seconds in the minute and it's just it's phil he's outside the the pennsylvanian hotel and he's looking up at rita's room 
and Rita's looking out the window and Phil waves and then she just turns away. She just turns around and walks away from the window. And I guess she must be like, she's like right above the entrance. She's like on the second floor room, second or third floor, like right above the entrance. And that was just a couple seconds that was that was cut so out. So after yeah. he after she gets slapped, she goes in, goes upstairs. He turns and sees her. Yeah, I think that's where it would have been. Like right, yeah. When he you know he holds the door, he's you know she slaps, he holds the door, she goes in, and there was an extra little bit just before he walks away. He looks up, he sees her in the window, she sees him, he waves, and then she just turns and walks away with like hmm. a really unhappy look on her face. That's 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 interesting. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily needed, but it's an interesting alternate. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I think the the second deleted scene that I was actually I was going to hold it for later, but it, I think it works better here. Um, it involves those ice sculptures, and that is. Let me just check my notes. There's there's no dialogue, but it's Phil. It must have been here or around this sequence because it's Phil. He's alone. It's at night. He has a chainsaw and he is decapitating all of these ice sculptures. There's just the he just goes down. There's a row. I think there's six of them. And he just mows them down. He just goes one after the other, like (laughs) cutting the head off of. And I think they're all groundhogs. I think it's six groundhogs (laughs) in different poses. And he just goes down the line and he mows them all down. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I kind of. Well, and I think that's it's interesting and it kind of potentially changes things because there's going to be a scene in the future that I was originally going to hold hold this note for. But there is another scene with ice sculptures in the future. And I think maybe that changes the significance of that scene. If, you know, Phil has interacted with the sculptures before. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's a huge thing, but I just thought it was. Yeah, it was kind of interesting just and it isn't. Like, he isn't maniacal. He's not like, you know, Clark in Christmas Vacation with the chainsaw holding it over his head like Leatherface. So he's normally mm-hmm. just slicing the heads off? Yeah. he it, yeah, And, it, well, that it makes it even scarier. Like, yeah. if, he was, if he was bonkers yelling, going crazy, he'd be like, okay, this is a crazy guy. But he's like, he's like beyond crazy. He's the calm crazy where he is just calmly, methodically working his way down this row where we see him walk now he's just he's doing pretty much what he's doing here except he's got this chainsaw on his hands and he's just mowing mowing down these groundhogs one at a time yeah yeah that's so. that's an that's an interesting one too <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's 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 dark you know it's it's a destructive fell in a way that we haven't seen yet and i mean other than other than the one joyride he went on with with Gus and Philip to this point you know, it's it's a little dark and destructive, and then it also kind of changes the turn later when he when he has a different sort of ice sculpture event happening or interaction. But yeah, so that was another another of the deleted scenes from the Blu-ray. I don't know how do you how do you think that would have fit in if that was in the final cut. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of like it. I mean, I, I I don't think I can go either way. They took it out. That's good. I still I like the movie the way it is. I think it's one thing, like if they had left it in, it. I, I still think it would have worked. I don't know why they took it out. If it was time or, or what? I don't know. What do you What do you think, Dave? I think you could put it in, but I think I would have then take this scene out, take this clip of him seeing them alone, mm-hmm. repl- and what it is is you put that you put you put the scene we, I mentioned where it's like 
you have him and her walking, like looking at them and talking about them, like being really happy about that. And then, you know, I don't know if you want to do a smash cut, but like, you know, you do something where it shows of how him being miserable because you can't get the dates right. Then cut to him cutting the heads off. Yeah. Because I feel like it would be better because, like, yeah, you need the setup because all of a sudden, like, having out of nowhere, just having ice sculptures get heads cut off. It's like, what? Yeah. But it would be nice. It'd be too confusing. But it feels better. I think it would feel better if, like, you knew that on their way home from from doing the snowman, they run into these ice sculptures on their way back and they comment about them. And, you know, they're like, oh, they're both happy. Like, a young couple and, you know, they're even happy. But then, like, when it shows him being miserable, we could then show him cutting the heads off. Because we know this is on his way back to the bed and breakfast, and he sees them. And he needs to, like, you know, take his anger out. And that's what he does. I think that's that's what you could have done. But just said, you need the setup. Right. Yeah, and then there's always a question of, like, where where does he get the chainsaw? Does someone just leave it lying around? You know, the guy who did the sculptures just puts his chainsaw down and walks away for the day? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. That. <laughs> He would have to break into a hardware store. Wouldn't put it past him. No. Um, actually, that would kind of be funny. But I said, you get, I mean, like it's it's now it's like you're at, yeah, you had to add like another deleted scene where either he yeah knows where to get one, where it's like he just walk, he just hops somebody's fence and goes into their shed and like picks their lock because he just he's just learned to at this point. I mean, unless you set it up like there's a chainsaw at the hotel from earlier in the movie that's kind of there for some reason, and then maybe connect the two. I don't know. It would be tough. Yeah, I mean, so maybe that's why they left it out because they felt it needed setup. Like then, yeah, you know, well, do you need a setup scene of showing someone with the chainsaw making the sculpture? So then you can show him later, show Phil later destroying him. Yeah, maybe it just, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know the the science of movie making. It, maybe they decided, yeah, we can't just add this one twenty or thirty second scene. There's all these other supporting scenes that would have to go. I mean, I'm okay yeah. with if you if you just showed Phil calmly hopping a fence. Uh, without no no dialogue, calmly hopping a fence, he goes. He picks a lock in the shed, opens his shed door, immediately grabs like the sh- like the like the chainsaw, and the, the the and the vibe you're getting is that he's done this or he mm-hmm. knows that it's there, and then like have him walk away doing one pull, already getting it going. Like if you did that, and I was like, maybe it'd be cool if you did as like one take, but if you just did as him hopping a fence, calmly going to someone's backyard, he knows how to pick their lock, gets into their shed grabs a chainsaw and it's like that kind of it would be interesting because like it goes back to the thing where it's like phil knows every every corner of the city of this town like he right. knows everyone's thing he knows everyone's house he's probably been like we were joking he's pooped in everyone's toilet like that joke <laughs> i wouldn't put it past it. like that phil yeah. knows where everybody's things are and he knows where he can get one thing and how to get into their house like it's like he almost like i said he would invade their privacy because at this point, I don't think he almost knows how people work. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how people work because he just sees them as just little, little, little triggers and little bugs going around doing the same pattern. Yeah, that's true. And he just he's right. like having that separation anxiety where he's like, oh yeah, I'll just get the chainsaw because he's you know he's a, he's not looking at it as like a breaking enter because what's the consequence? Just going like up in bed, gets arrested, you know, gets shot yeah. at by the neighbor, you know, who cares? It's gonna wake up back in bed again. They're gonna yeah. be back in bed. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's 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 actually my <laughs> la- my last note is just about the sculptures. So. Yeah, I actually had a little bit more. Well, I do. So, Brian, did you have anything? 
You want to? Uh, no, that, I, like I said, I think the sculptures, I think he walks past the sculptures and it's another scheme. That's, that's how I read that ending of that minute. It's just an, it's, oh, maybe this will work. Right. Cause he, yeah, he isn't just walking past. He slows down. He looks, he eyes them. He's kind of step, look at the sculpture, step to the next one, pause a little bit. Maybe the, yeah, the wheels are turning. Cause yes, yeah, the wheels he, are turning. He hasn't given up yet. He's still trying to figure out what can I do? How can I put the top, you know, the topper on this perfect day? Mm-hmm. Um, the, so the last thing I had was about these slaps. So yeah. So you just jumping back a little bit, either of you, have you, have you been slapped or have you done any slapping? Um, trying to, th- trying to think, uh, well, while well, you think, I'll jump in just because yeah. I'm. I asked the question because I I have a slapping story, of course. Okay. So I'm like I'm like a good lawyer. I, I have you know I have something set up before I even ask the question. I, 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 I think, I, yeah, I think I, I think I've joked. I joked. I joked. Slapped. Uh, like in like freshman year, sophomore year of high school. Yeah. I joked. Slapped a girl like, with like with like one percent. I just I just okay. like I did it. I did it. I no. I didn't like hit her. I, I did a I did a quick way graze because she like said something like. That like we were all joking like offensive, and I was like, "Oh, how dare you!" Like that's about it. Right. I don't think I've ever like forcefully hit somebody with the intent of hurting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember slapping somebody being slapped at. It's possible, but <laughs> you probably deserved it a time or two. I, gotta, but... I, I have to think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I. Well, I thought of something. Just uh, going to uh, going back to the Harold Ramis commentary from the Blu-ray, he talks about how for these slaps, uh, Bill had Andy McDowell actually slap him just to kind of, you know, keep it looking real. Those mm-hmm. are like all the slaps we see. There's a, you know, there's actual slap going on. Mm. Uh, now, they, I'm, I'm assuming they're doing some Foley, like in terms of the slapping sound they're they're helping it out. Like that's not a, I'm not I'm not saying that's 100 yeah. percent natural, but at least according to Ramis, uh yeah, Andy is really slapping Bill, and he says like it just like Bill maybe bought, bit off a little bit more than he can chew. And, you know, we we talked early about I think it was the first diner scene or maybe the second diner scene when Bill's got the full spread and he's eating like he's shoving a whole piece of angel cake in his mouth and then like yeah. a cigarette and that kind of stuff. And and Ramis had said Bill was like actually eating. He didn't have a spit bucket to kind of spit stuff out between takes. Like he was swallowing everything, and and by the time they were done with that scene, Bill had like made himself sick from from all he had eaten. God. And I think he there was a little bit he hadn't learned his lesson yet that uh, that by the end of of filming the sequence that like Bill uh, yeah Bill's face was starting to swell up from from all these slaps that maybe he was <laughs> a little bit more macho than than he needed to be. Um, and well, and that made me think of uh, when I was in drama club in high school, I was uh, Mercutio in a production of Romeo and Juliet. And uh, I, I got a great dying scene. I got to die on stage. That was that was lovely. Um, I mean, a, a Mercutio's in a sword fight with Tybalt and leading up to the fight, there's an exchange of words and it's all very Shakespearean with esoteric insults that no high school kid understood but uh <laughs> um but i i got a slap i got to slap uh the, the the actor playing tybalt and he was like just yeah just just wail off and slap and you know it's not too well I'll, it's easy for me to say it's not too bad because i i was the slapper not the slappy but uh well one you know there's no rings i you know i wasn't in 
like a motor club where I had like skull rings that are going to tear up your face and I wasn't married or anything. So there are no rings or metal on my hand. And I think I did, I think it was like three slaps. We didn't do a lot of, or maybe, yeah, because I think we did like a dress rehearsal Thursday and then a show Friday and a show Saturday and then it closed. I mean, this is just high school. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a a six month run with seven shows a week or everything. So I think I, I only did three slaps over the course of three days. And the guy's like, just do it. And, and also because it's a, just a high school production and it's stage, it's not film. There's no Foley. So if we wanted it to sound like a slap, I had to actually slap. So the guy was like, yeah, just, just slap me. And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I, you know, I, I like, I like the guy, you know, I, I didn't make it harder than I needed it to, but I did enough because I knew I wanted to get the sound out of it. I wanted to, the people in the audience to, to feel like or to hear an actual slap. So yeah, I got to I got to slap a guy a few times in in the the process of of acting out some some Shakespeare. So that was fun. So I but I think that's that's different. Again, that was we we didn't do it every day in rehearsal. It was just for the actual well the dress rehearsal and then the show. So yeah, three slaps over three days. Whereas Ramis doesn't say the time period or how many different takes. We actually we see let me check my notes. We see eight slaps. Well, there was the one slap last minute in 55. And then we see eight slaps this minute. I don't know. You know, I don't know how many takes it took. I assume there's probably more than eight slaps. There's probably some that didn't make it. I don't know the the time frame that it was covered. So it's a little bit different, you know, when it's a lot of slaps versus um, just one slap. And then, well, then the guy got to kill me. So... He probably feels bad. He probably feels like he made out in that exchange. I got the slap, but then he got the kill. But uh, yeah, so that's that's my that's my slap story. And yeah, so and I got the chi- <laughs> I got the chicken pox that night actually from after seeing that play. That's a true story, people. <laughs> that is a true story. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Oh Very yeah. Interesting. That the night uh, we all came to see you. Uh, yeah. When we got back, I, I just completely broke out into chicken pox. Really? Yes. Wow. So were you contagious in the theater, like in the audience? Yeah, could be a whole thing. Who knows how many other people? Yeah. That could have been like, yeah, I don't know. Half half the town probably went down with pot that <laughs> night. <laughs> All right. Well, so then that that is where are we? Minute fifty six. That is it for me. That's all I got. Dave, Brian, anything else? No, I'm I'm good. No, Speak now good. forever uh well I was gonna say forever hold your peace, but Hold your peace until until tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, so, Brian, yeah, thanks for, for coming back. Yeah. Um, Good time. You got anything to plug? I know last time you were here, we talked a little bit about the uh, the real estate biz. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're ever in New Jersey, you know, you could Facebook Brian German NJ Realty. Yeah, absolutely. You know, New Jersey is a great place to live. So you should you should check out Brian and, and buy a house for him. There you go. <laughs> you could you could probably you probably you could probably find a house that's near a Wawa. Um, which, uh, yes, you know. depending on where. Right. Yeah. All right. So, well, that is it for us. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you tomorrow, if there is one. <laughs>